Welcome to On Stage, Off Stage, the show for, of, and about theater and the good folks who toil away unceasingly to bring it to you. My name is George Sapio, and we are broadcasting on WRFI 88.1 FM in Ithaca, 91.9 FM Watkins Glen, and 89.9 FM in Odessa. Radio for the people and by the people, broadcasting independent and locally produced programs. And welcome back to another profoundly thrilling edition of On Stage, Off Stage. My name is George Sapio, and we are talking today with members of Ithaca's Civic Ensemble, Jennifer Herzog and Sarah K. Chalmers. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having hey, us. Hey, George. Hey. So, you guys are a relatively, uh, at least according to Ithaca, a newish theater company, but you're not all that newish. You've been around for at least a year, correct? More than that? We're, we're about to come up on our one-year anniversary. Fantastic. Birthday. Yeah. Yeah. June. <laughs> yeah. So, why would anybody in their right mind in this economy uh, start yet another theater company? Um, not that it's not a worthy thing. I... I that's why this show exists. But um, why Civic Ensemble? Well, I think that we saw room on the uh, Ithaca theater landscape for another company. Um, I think that we had a lot of ideas about the... There's such a huge amount of artists that live here in Ithaca. It's really an... I, I like to think of it as an artist city, an artist community. And we've got musicians and we've got fine artists. But we also have a really large supply of theater artists here. No kidding. And, um, and you know, a lot of professional theater artists make their way up here and settle up here for, um, you know, for a while. And we just, we saw a lot of, a lot of talent here. And um, we thought that there would be, there could be more ways to use all of the local theater talent that we have here and um, potentially have an artistic home for the professional theater talent that we have up here to, um feel like they're able to experiment yeah. and, yeah. Uh, you know, really try new things. Well, for yeah. our listeners across the globe who don't know that Ithaca does have <laughs> two stupendous colleges with fantastic theater programs, which is highly unusual, Cornell University and Ithaca College. Yes. So, yeah, we do have uh, an unusually thriving theater community. We do. So, you I'd just like to add on yeah. top of the, um, you know, making that, that home for professionals and people with acting training and theater training, a civic ensemble, I think, is also filling a need that Ithaca has for theater that's available to all different kinds of people. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. And by doing community-based work and things that bring people together through theater to talk about, address, work through different things that are important to our community. And it, and it felt like we were the right the right group to work with mm. each other that we could all that we all had different things to bring to the table and right. we all had different um, but commingling interests right. in wanting to start this right. company because mm -hmm. in addition to all of the amazing civic engagement work in addition to wanting to start an artistic home for for theater artists that are that have made their home up here we also really um, are interested in the idea of producing new plays. We look at the landscape of American plays, and we notice that there's something uh, a lot missing from, from that landscape, namely uh, women playwrights and playwrights of color. I mean, it's just... It's just not... Mm -hmm. Well, they're there. They're not being produced. They're not being produced right. yeah. as much as, as they should be. And That's it, been an ongoing conversation as, that mm -hmm. I can remember as long as yeah. I've been in theater, which is, yeah. which is 20 years. And, yeah, it's the voices that haven't been heard 
are still out there speaking. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And things are, I mean, things are changing. I mean, we're Absolutely. not alone in, the, in that goal, um, but I think it's, it's part of our mission. Yeah. So um, it's paramount, I guess. Certainly. Yeah. So you started off with, what, what was your first production? Our first production was a, a stage reading of a play called The Mistakes Madeline Made by Elizabeth Merriweather. And um, it dealt with post-traumatic stress disorder, and um, it was really successful. We did it at Buffalo Street Books. Right. Our second reading was uh, Wider Than the Sky by... Jessica Litwack. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, that was also wonderful, very successful. Mm-hmm. And um, Why those two? Well... I mean, it, you're starting a theater yeah. company, you want, to, you want to introduce yourselves, mm-hmm. your first play is highly critical. It makes a statement. Certainly. Why did you choose these? Because they made a statement <laughs> okay. for that exact. I mean, they, they're really well written, amazing plays. Mm-hmm. They're not. We're not choosing things just for statement or shock value or anything to that effect. What discussion can we have of, as a result of this play? I mean, yes. post traumatic stress is uh, you know it's happening now. It's in all of our communities, and and I think you know people who have been in combat are invisible once they come home. Yes. So we had a really really deep discussion after the play. Um, we had a wonderful um, woman come. Suzanne and, Feehan, um, I believe a psychiatrist yeah. in the area, and she helped us lead this discussion, and she was fantastic. She had worked with Vietnam vets, mm-hmm. um, so she had a really great perspective on the play and was able to kind of, again, give it that scope right. uh, that we're looking for um, in our work. And the audiences bring that scope as well. All of their experiences that come into the room and their response to the plays. Mm -hmm. From your website, I picked up a really, really interesting phrase, which as, as a history buff myself, I, I immediately tuned into the American experiment. What's that all about? This was, (laughs) um, that language was created by Godfrey, but I'm pretty sure I, I, you know, have a handle on what we're talking about there. The American experiment is, I think, what he's talking about is the American dream. That we're the and the fact that we all are coming together from all these different countries. That that we talk about the melting pot, right, right? And we talk about everyone can get what they you know can get ahead if they work hard. If you pick up by your bootstraps, and sure, um, there's all of these uh, foundational things about the country and and our uh, nation. Um, that we want to kind of call into question and not necessarily criticize, but right. question. Examine. Freedom of, yes, examine. Freedom yeah. of speech is great. Uh, are we actually, do we have it? You know, freedom, as I'm, I'm doing the quote the sign, quotes, you know, in yes, quotes, yeah. you know, what is that? We, in in some ways, we absolutely, if you compare us to some other countries, we are free, you know. Right. But... Are we free to choose really what food we eat and where it comes from? You know, are, so these yeah. questions about, um, I mean, that's a very specific thing. Well, in a sense, we but, are being fed by somebody. Exactly. I mean, we go to the store. Yeah. If you're on the topic of food, yeah. we buy whatever is at the store. We now have a choice of the regular stuff or the organic stuff. Quote sign again. Yes. Heavy <laughs> quotes on that because people have started to... Uh, redefine the term organic. 
So, so these kinds of conversations, yes. right? So there might be a play that would ask a question about that. That's a very specific thing. So whether it's post-traumatic stress or in the case of Wider Than the Sky, it was um, experimentation and brain uh, brain injury, brain uh, damage. Experimentation um, on animals. Right. And experimentation on animals. Uh, you know, then that brings up the question of how we treat animals. And then we're back to food exactly. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but these are questions that impact our lives in a real way. But you're when talking about things that, that affect us every day. Yeah. Absolutely. And when, yeah. when we're moved and we're thinking, then it's all happening together. If we're just moved, we can manipulate, you know, from yeah. the stage, oh, your emotions are, oh, isn't that sad or isn't that That's happy? That's where it gets dangerous. Just, right. Or are we engaging both the, you know, cognitive and affective uh, parts of our you mentioned scope. I had a conversation with Godfrey uh, a while back, and he was talking about plays with scope. What makes a play with scope? I brought up Anne Bogart before when we were talking. Right. Viewports. So instead of having a play that's just about you and me and our problems in our living room, we have a play that can be about you and me, but it's also about us, and it's about you out there in the audience, and it's about something larger. Uh, that the play is asking us to grapple with. Yeah, so I brought up the example of The Grapes of Wrath. Um, It was made into a play. Right. Uh, That's that's about a family. That's about America. That's about... A representative representative family that... That's about humanity and being human. And and what, again, what are the structures that we've set up for ourselves? Um, And what does it mean to fight? Uh, fight those structures. Um, so that's the kind of play we're looking for. Um, not necessarily the Grapes of Wrath, but a play that does that. A play that takes the personal and uh, asks a question about what it means for all of us. Personally play, global. Yeah. 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 Yeah, go ahead. And a play that, that, that everyone in the audience can find something mm to hook into and connect to and, and care about. Sure. We look at the Ithaca community and we look at the, the, the people that we have here and we have, you know, this huge, uh, wonderful community of all these different people and such diversity. And we look mm-hmm. at things that can serve serve the community, even right. in terms of new plays, even when we're, when we're not talking about actual civic engagement mm-hmm. initiatives. But does, doesn't serious conversation automatically put you into the risk factor of alienating somebody or displeasing somebody? Well, alienating someone and displeasing them are two different things. Exactly. And 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 it certainly does. I mean, we we're we've had, you know, the readings that we've talked about. We just mentioned those first two that we had over last summer, but we did have some really uh interesting discussions uh at those meetings, at those readings. Mm-hmm. And we had interesting discussions after the reading the three readings that we recently did at the kitchen this year, and there were absolutely people who disagreed or were possibly displeased by some of the either points that were being made mm-hmm. or, or things that they thought the playwright was trying to convey. And we tend we try to have the playwright in with us when we have these talkbacks if at all possible right. because we find that it's very valuable. Mm-hmm. Um and we I mean displeasing someone uh might not necessarily be alienating them because if someone, I, I feel that the you know in the community you know as a whole we're we're very smart people and I think that if we are you know smart enough to know that 
when we're displeased, it means that we're being engaged in conversation and we're being engaged in uh, the, you know, the, the grander scope of things. Yeah. I think it's a problem when we can't disagree. And I think yeah. that it that's become kind of prevalent. Um, if someone has a different opinion than I do, uh, then forget it. You know, we're not even going to... Yeah. Deal right. with each other. This culture of shutting mm-hmm. people down. Um, who are, yeah. That's the highway. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, in how do we come together and share our different opinions? And even if we can't necessarily respect the opinion um, of someone else, we can respect that we have it and we have the right to have it. Uh, and if we're going to come together and try to make change or we have to start by meeting each other where we are. I can't try to make someone think something else. So if, if there's contention or if there's disagreement, I think that's great. And there just needs to be a facilitator who's capable of making sure everybody's safe and everybody. Well, the two people come together with share their thoughts with, with opposite opinions or dissimilar opinions. And they throw those opinions into the arena and, we're going to have a discussion about what's right, right. why I think you're wrong, mm-hmm. what's going to happen with this, and hopefully we find a way to meld those or create out of two different things something that is whole, something that is functional, something right. that benefits both. Yeah. And the, the main point, I just before I forget it, 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 it's about critical thinking. So as a facilitator, if people are saying things, it's not that you can just say whatever you want. And freedom of speech doesn't mean you can just say whatever you want. Right. I'm going to challenge you. If you ha- if you ha- I'm going to ask you a question that challenges that opinion, and, and then we're having a discussion about it, and if we're allowing ourselves to, to be challenged. So um, I think, if anything, th- those discussions are about critical thinking and not staying entrenched. Exactly. And the alienation that you mentioned happens when there is no discussion, right. when it's just opinion, opinion, my opinion's fact, my opinion's right. fact, and there is no room to talk. There's no room to meet in the middle. And I think that what we're trying to do with a lot of our theater projects uh, from everything that we're doing from the everything. new play readings to the civic engagement to everything is to enable that discussion and pre- present yeah. that, that floor for for people to yeah. talk. Yeah, Not an easy journey. I mean, we, we mm. look at what's being fed us through the news and we look at the politics and we look at what has become the science of the immovable rock and the hard place where things just do not happen and there is no progress and that is the message we are getting over and over these days right. is that you know our leaders our you know the, the the people that that we are supposed to or who are supposed to represent us are making no progress whatsoever yeah. right. and we see the futility pounded into us day after day so when you were trying to when you are coming up with these discussions you're at least opening up Lines of communication, yeah. lines of hope. Yeah, I think. And it's not just political; it's community oriented. Absolutely, it's it's everything. Absol- well, yeah. uh, okay, uh, yeah. something else that we we get to community based play. Your your yeah. next your next work, um, parent stories. Yes. Okay. Now, <laughs> you were talking about scope. I think that covers just about <laughs> almost everyone. Absolutely. Everybody's got everybody's got parents, even if they don't have kids. That's true. Um, Tell us about it. Come on. So, like um, the four civic ensemble even came to be. I had this idea. I had I had a baby in uh, 2011, and I kept people kept coming up to me and saying, you know, enjoy it now. You know, enjoy it. 
you know, like a dare. Enjoy yeah, it or like a can. warning. Enjoy you know, every like, minute. It goes by really fast. Like, and some of them, it was really <laughs> like yeah. a scary warning. And they, I could sense like this loss that they felt that maybe they hadn't enjoyed it, or I don't know. It really got me going, and it kept happening. And this was the really infant stage. So, so mm-hmm. there's, you know, it does. It's like a few months go by, and they're, you know, my my child's almost two. He's a little boy now. Um, he's so walking. He's talking. He's walking. He's babbling. He's biting. He's doing yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> um, so the the thought I had was like, well, let's get together. Let, I would love to get parents together and tell stories uh, about what are those things that that we want to hold on to or how hard to let go of. And so I uh, then Civic Ensemble came into being and um, it became the idea for our first community based play, which is going to be performed this month. It's now May. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Time flies. May 31st uh, and June 1st uh, at the Kitchen Theater Company, which uh, they welcomed us there. We're um, so excited to be there on State Street. So, uh, the story circles took place between June and December of 2012, and parents were probably like 40 different people came to the different story circles and just told stories. And we kind of got to know each other, and I would give a prompt. I would say, you know, tell a story about uh, a challenge that you face. You know, but it has to be a specific story, a beginning, middle, and end, and characters, and something happens. Sure. Um, uh, tell a story about uh, a funny, tell a funny story about, you know, being a parent. And so we got a lot of different stories and, and ideas. And from that, I kind of like gathered what was coming up to the top, what kept coming up to the top. And I gathered about 10 people from those 40 who wanted to do the play. And so a community-based play is about the... You mean perform it? Yeah, to okay. create it and perform it. Okay, so this is devised theater. So we are creating the play from scratch. So we told those stories. And my original thought was that I would write the play from the stories, but on listening to them, I thought, you know, I'd much rather get these people together to really talk about what, what, what they're grappling with or what they grappled with. Many of our participants, their children are long grown and their grandparents. So we have, mm-hmm. we have the full spectrum of ages. Um, so for them to kind of like get in the room together, the people who wanted to create and perform the play. So in January, we started doing that and we started creating scenes and the, uh, uh, we had a preview in March at the kitchen where we presented about 30 minutes of scenes that weren't tied together by anything. It wasn't a play. It was just a little sharing. Right. Um, and we had a nice audience for that and, and had a discussion about it and really brought up some interesting stuff and got some ideas for what our play could be. So now we're in the home stretch and we're putting everything together and creating our set ideas and having production meetings and it's all very exciting. So through the the process of devising the theater, so is it what's devised theater? So we'll take an idea um, and then it'll become a scene. So I'll say, okay, go make a scene about eating. Um, Everybody come up with two different lines of text and uh, you have to have three different movements. So I might give up a couple parameters for that Mm -hmm. and they'll go off and they'll have like five or 10 minutes and they'll make that and I'll usually record it. And then I might take it home and even type it up and look at it as a piece of text, as a play. 
um, a scene from a play. And then I'll do my part would be to, okay, what does this need? What is this scene doing? What is it asking? And then we kind of go from there and build more scenes. And then it, it's a, it's a scary process. Because sh- you ah, you sounds like fun. Start very exciting. Yeah. Then you, the theme starts to emerge, right? So parents, stories about parenting is right. kind of too big. We have to find a, a, a very focused theme so because we're doing a play so it can't mm-hmm. just be random scenes about parenting we want something that's uh, more focused right so um, then the theme starts to percolate and come up and then you need a frame for that so you're you're just kind of like riding the wave of the work and and there's a lot of trust involved and there's a lot of a lot of work you know you, you kind of after a rehearsal go home and and um, go through all the scenes and, yeah. and but the process for the parents is really interesting because it's like we were saying before about critical thinking I have 10 people from very different backgrounds who have different ideas about parenting and did different things and are doing different things feel different ways about what they're doing and they hear each other's stories and you can see it sometimes in the room you know um, maybe opinions about what someone else is saying or doing but, mm-hmm. but, but a new understanding because now I know that person right. I know that's a nice person you know I like that person yeah. oh they did that okay so now I have to kind of uh, you know, rethink, you know, what I think about that because they made that choice. Um, mm-hmm. so I see that person in a different way and I see that choice in a different way and I can respect it maybe in a different way. Nice. This sounds eminently interesting. I can't wait for this. Remind us when and where. It's going to be at the Kitchen Theater, which is 417 West State Street, Martin Luther King Jr. Street. Right. Um, May 31st at 8 p.m. That is a Friday night. Saturday, June 1st at 2 p.m. and at 8 p.m. So three performances. Information can be found at? Information can be found at our website, which is www.civicensemble.org. Excellent. And people can reserve tickets through the website as well. And I want to make sure that everybody knows that it's a pay-what-you-can play so that nobody will be turned away for the inability to pay. Fantastic. We've got a few minutes left, and... I want to cover what you're going to do after this. What's the future of Civic Ensemble? Is there a project you've got lined up after this? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're well. Another one of our, our uh, civic engagement slash education initiatives mm-hmm. is that we're we've been working with the Science Center here in Ithaca. They um, they got uh, some funding to put together a an, an exhibit on fracking on hydrofracking. Um, Hydraulic fracturing, yes. Hydraulic fracturing, exactly, which is certainly a topic that is very, very prevalent. It's been big for a while. In this area of the country and really all over. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, so they got some funding to put together an exhibit for that, but in addition to the exhibit, they also wanted to to have, in conjunction with that, sort of an interactive theater um, workshop, I guess is a good way to put it, for kids um, that kids and parents could attend and maybe come to the science center on a Saturday, see the play and then go and go through the exhibit. Um, something that would teach kids basically about what hydrofracking is without coming at it from, uh, a place of opinion or bias, but really coming at it from a place of just factual information. The piece, uh, ends with a, uh, an open discussion where the young people have to make a decision about whether they think we as a community should be fracking or not. Um, so they see, they get some facts, they do, they do some fun interactive things. They see a little play, a very short little 
playlet uh, <laughs> about a little girl whose family is, is trying to decide whether to sign a gas lease or not. And then they take on the persona of the girl in order to, to, to stand in the place in the room, whether they think we, we sh she should go ahead, her family should do it, or they shouldn't, or they're not sure. And then we kind of ask everybody what they think, and we just hear what they think. They don't have to try yeah, to convince anybody. So it's back to critical thinking, I, I think, in, in that way. And that, despite the issue, is the tool yeah. that they were, are going to need uh, throughout the rest of their lives. And... For a lot of people, thinking critically is scary. Mm -hmm. Challenging the status quo, abandoning your beliefs is mm -hmm. always scary. It's what if I'm wrong? What if every everything that everybody's told me has been incorrect? And it's a leap that many people do not want to take. Right. But if you can give these kids the ability to get over the fear of challenging things that they've been told, the things that they may end up coming to mm -hmm. believe then you open up avenues of progress. June, 20, June 24th is the next, I yeah. believe. We, this has been happening over the, the entire year. It's a okay. series of yeah. performances, and some of them are a few months There's apart. There's six more shows going from June to August, and if you go to the Science Center website or the Civic Ensemble website, yeah. soon those dates will be up. We're just yeah. finalizing them. I, but I believe mm -hmm. the next one you can go to is the 24th of June. People yeah. can find out information on your website. On our website, civicensemble.org. Civic yes. Fantastic. <laughs> it has been an absolute thrill to have you both on the show. Thank you so much, Sarah K. Chalmers and Jennifer Herzog. And um, I know you're going to have great success with this. Thank you very, very much. Thanks so much Thank for you, having George. us.